Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and you think it's Tuesdays, but it's not because it's Thursday. You might even be uploading this uh, podcast on Friday, but hey, there is method to our madness this week. No excuse about being too busy or not being able to connect. We actually planned it out this way uh, because there's been a couple of really important announcements that happened in markets the last couple of days uh, that we want to get uh, Stu's view on. So one was the Federal Reserve uh, on uh, on Wednesday of this week, uh, coming out with their announcement on interest rates and tapering. And then there's the announcement in Canada here uh, on OSFI and and banks and, and dividend payments and such. So Stu Cadwell, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management. Uh, you watch this stuff. This is right in your wheelhouse. You watch this stuff closely. So let's start with the Fed. Now, the Fed has a framework. You understand the framework. Markets understand the framework. You got an interesting way, though, of thinking about this that we, we were talking about earlier. Why don't, why don't you share that with the audience? Uh, great. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. And as always, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Like, so, you know, the Fed, there's always some governor for the Fed getting up to speak and say something. And, and uh, you know, certainly when they meet in their regular meeting, that's something you want to you pay attention to. And like anything that, um, comes at you in the stock market, you want to have a framework for how you absorb that information and how you kind of think about a range of outcomes going forward. And, um, you know, so our framework uh, for thinking about uh, markets is that, um, you know, valuations are elevated uh, for many assets. And the Fed looks at that and says, you know, we need to normalize that over time. And we've we've talked about how this can happen. You can either you know, asset pricing can come down or the cash flow or the income that supports the asset can rise. And our our take is that the Fed would prefer for the cash flow to rise as the way of, yeah. uh, you know, changing that uh, equation over time. And it's going to take a long time. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, how if you were coming to come up with a long-term equity assumption, you would grow earnings and you would normalize that valuation over time. And you still get, you know, not spectacular, but not unreasonable returns, all things considering. But it's also possible that, you know, that those valuations stay at elevated levels. And, you know, when you look at some long-term bond yields, you know, that's a possibility. I'm not sure you would want to pay primarily for that scenario, but you still kind of get that one for free in the stock market, right? Like everyone assumes that over the course of the next 10 years, valuations will drop from 20 to 22 times earnings where they sit today back towards the average, which is 15. And, uh, you know, so if I can get, you know, five and a half or six and maybe a little bit out of stock picking, even if that happens when fixed income is one and a half or two, you know, that's not too bad. And if valuations stay at these levels and I get the entirety of earnings growth over time, then that's better. But, um, you know, we always think about things like an optionality, right? So, so the, the primary course would be that valuations go back to their historical average, but it's possible that they don't. Or it's also possible that, you know, the Fed would like a little bit more inflation than is necessary. And, and we've talked about companies being linked to the nominal economy, and that might actually result in a little bit more earnings growth. So when the Fed came out and they largely delivered as expected on tapering, um, but they also said that, that you know, they may not you know, they're not going to respond to this inflation that has popped up with interest rate increases right away. And maybe, 
you know, pockets of the bond market had got a little bit ahead of themselves in that regard. So, um, you know, so the, the, the framework continues to hold. Like, ideally, uh, central banks would like income to grow to solve, uh, you know, those elevated asset prices that we have today. And, um, and you know, the bond market continues to kind of play ball uh, with that. And, um, you know, when you have 30-year bonds down at 2% and you're talking about inflation running north of 2%, that's a long time to have a negative real interest rate. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so, you know, so that, that, that's kind of the way that we're seeing that in the short term, you know, so that's our longer term framework in the short term, you know, you worry about the health of the economy because, you know, we know if a recession was on the horizon, that can be tough on stocks. And, you know, yeah. Eric has a wonderful indicator that shows, I don't, you know, something like 19 or 20 indicators about where we sit in early, mid or late cycle. And 65 to 70 percent of those indicators are still in early to mid cycle. So, yeah. you know, we don't see that right away. You know, the Fed wants people to be optimistic because that's what gets the economy recovering. Um, we know that, you know, when the Fed wants people to be optimistic, it can sow the seeds in some pockets of asset pricing of speculation. But we don't see that kind of widespread. It's a little bit, it's still fairly isolated. Um, and where you see that speculation, it's normally in a very strong long-term theme. You know, the question is, will the growth of that theme actually uh, arrive at the levels required for a very long period of time? And will the valuation hold? But it's still relatively isolated in the context of the whole market. Is, is that a secular low in terms of that dividend yield? So is that as much of a case as you got some of these pockets of speculation in stocks that don't pay dividends that that actually overall reduces the the, the dividend yield payout in in the broader market or that calculation? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good point. It's it's not just I shouldn't say just uh, the areas where there's a bit of speculation, but there's a fair amount of large companies, big market cap names in the S and P five hundred that don't pay dividends the same way uh, many businesses might. So you know, the S&P 500's dividend hit a low, you know, when I think about, you know, the dividend, say the dividend fund, where, you know, yields are still, uh, you know, in that kind of, you know, three, uh, three plus range. And I know we're going to talk about Austria in a minute, but, uh, you know, bank dividends will likely increase a little bit here. Um, you know, when I think about the average dividend oriented investor, you're kind of saying, I'll accept a little bit of price volatility for a stream of a tax preferred income that's at a level that's higher than interest rates, a bunch of quality companies that grow those dividends by, you know, say four to 7% over a long period of time. So my dividends are growing by greater than inflation. So the purchasing power of my money is maintained. And, um, you know, that is still, you know, very much available in the stock market, notwithstanding you know, some of the stats about the S&P's uh, dividend uh, yield hitting an all-time low. Okay, so, so, so that's, a, that, that's an interesting cover. And, and we're going to come back to dividends uh, a little bit more uh, in, in future podcasts because this is such an important area, uh, particularly with what's going on with interest rates, people looking for income, so many investors looking for income. Uh, we, we should continue to spend lots of time on that. Uh, but but, but just, uh, just for the sake of time today, Let's just get to the uh, the OSFI announcement. Uh, it's something that we've talked about in 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 previous episodes uh, about uh, the the restrictions that have been on Canadian banks coming out of uh, the the COVID pandemic. 
Uh, talk about the, the the announcement today, what it was, and 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 what you think the implications are as, as we go forward around uh, financial services firms. Well, I think the key line from uh, the OSFI uh, speech today was the appropriate responsibility for capital distribution decisions rests with the board of directors and senior management of the federally regulated financial institutions, which means that the banks, some banks will raise dividends, others will buy back stock, some will do both. I don't think we're going to see a stock buyback the way we sometimes see in the United States, where it's like five, eight percent of the float. I think it'll be a little bit more measured, but I think that was also the expectation. Um, so maybe a couple of percent, uh, that type of a thing. And, uh, you know, with dividends that get back towards uh, traditional dividend payout ranges after uh, 18 months of kind of being on hiatus. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that's the way we're thinking about it right now. Obviously, it's uh, it's just come out about an hour ago, so there might be a little bit more to think about. But uh, first blush is a, it was pretty much in line with what people were thinking. Yeah, and, and this this is you know again uh, amongst you and your your peers, widely expected, well telegraphed, and so this this really doesn't have a it's it's priced in in in, in most respects, correct? Yes, I think that's true. All right. Well, an uh, an eventful Stu's days on Thursday. Stu, thanks uh, always for your insights. Really interesting way at looking at uh, particularly what's going on with central banks and the Federal Reserve uh, in the U.S. Uh, Look forward to connecting with you again uh, next week at our regularly scheduled time. Great. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc., for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.